we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us on the show today. AFA at the Core is the name of the show. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us today. Hey, we have a, a word I, I've been using recently, a plethora. If you don't know it, look it up. That's we, a good word right there. It is. It is. That's nice. It's a beautiful word. It's a cornucopia of things. If a word can be beautiful. <laughs> I saw what you did there, Bobby. You brought in another another fancy word. Plethora is not enough. No, we'll go with yours. We'll go with that. <laughs> Save it for another day, Bobby, when I'm not on Amen. my main game. Uh, no, we, we, uh, we do have a plethora of ways for you to keep up with the core. We do have a multitude of ways for you to keep up with the core, and I'll just list a few here. By the way, we have updated the AFA at the Core podcast page uh, uh, text or copy uh, to link to all of these ways for you to subscribe to the podcast. So we're on Apple Podcast, we're on Spotify, we're on Audible, we're on Google and our uh, Androids uh, interchangeable there. And then we have podcasts available on the AFR app. So we we publish the podcast in multiple forms after the show for you to listen at your convenience, at your leisure. So wherever you listen to podcasts, Type in AFA at the core, click the subscribe button, and uh, listen to the core at your convenience whenever you're able. So we push this podcast out on multiple platforms. We also live stream the video on Facebook on the core show page. On Facebook, we upload it to our brand new, as of November 2021, our new AFA streaming platform, our own video platform we have out there. We are doing some beta testing on the live streaming feature, which we're going to transition to in short order. Uh, so if you want to watch the show, you've got a lot of options there to do so. So we try to make the show as available as possible for our audience. So go to AFR.net, click on AFA at the Core Show page, and you can find out all information you want to know about the show there. Psalm chapter 27 is where we are this week. Psalm chapter 27 is where we are this uh, week. I'm going to read a couple verses here. I'm going to read 11 through 14 in Psalm chapter 27. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path. Because of my enemies, give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Well, two things I want to point out here that we could point out several things here, but two things I want to point out is that, yes, there are or there is such thing as a false witness. 
You know, in today's society, we just want to believe everybody except for God's Word. We want to believe everybody except for what the Christians say. So we want to believe everybody. But Scripture says here that, that, that yes, there are such thing or there is such thing as a false witness. So if there is such thing as a false witness, then should we believe everyone? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Everyone's theory, everyone's accusation should be tried. It should be tested. Just as Scripture tells us to test the Spirit so that we can be confident that the Spirit that we are listening to is the Holy Spirit and not an evil spirit. And so, uh, the first thing we can take away from this is that there are false witnesses on this earth. Uh, So we don't, quote-unquote, believe everybody, which is what we're often told. Just believe the, uh, the person who's lodging the accusation. Just believe them. No, 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 no. We don't just believe everything we hear. We're supposed to test it. We're supposed to try it. And we're supposed to seek uh, the truth in all that is mentioned, all that is said. The second thing that I want to point out is that David said, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Two times he says that, wait for for the Lord. So the Lord is moving, the Lord is acting, the Lord is intervening according to his will, according to his purposes. Oftentimes, you and I just need to wait. We're not the Alpha and the Omega. We're not the beginning and the end. We're not the great I am. We're mere flesh. That's what Scripture says. We're mere flesh. We're mere mortals. We're here one day, gone the next. That's how Scripture describes our lives. Um, so we don't, we don't command of the Lord. We don't instruct the Lord. We don't draw in the Lord on our commands. We can petition the Lord, but the Lord comes in his timing. He acts in his timing according to his will and what he, and what he, uh, believes is proper and good for our lives. So, Oftentimes, you and I need to take this advice from David. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. We can petition the Lord. We can pray to the Lord. We can uh, petition the Holy Spirit and the great mediator, Jesus Christ. But at the end of the day, oftentimes, you and I just need to learn how to wait for the Lord. So that's our two words of wisdom from the book of Psalm. Chapter 27 is where we are this week. Moving into some of the stories for today, you know, there's, um, if you asked people on the street, if you asked politicians, if you asked anyone in American society, you would get, if you ask them, you know, what what's it going to do to get this country back on the right track? What does it look like for America to honor God in what we do, what does it take for America to get in a place where her citizens are protected, where America's interest is looked after by our elected officials? What does it take to get to a place where our culture and our society and our media and our entertainment is not 
vulgar, dark. Uh, what's that? What's it going to take? And, and you've got a lot of different opinions out there. You've got a lot of different talking points. You've got a lot of, you know, 10-point plans. But at the end of the day, if, if we are not a moral people, and, and let, let's just let's make, make the record straight here, biblical morality, that's the only true morality, all right? So you've got a lot of people saying, you know, we need to be virtuous, we need to be righteous, we need to be moral. Well, where do you get your morals from? Where do you get your morals from? All right, so, so we're talking biblical morality. That is the only true morality. You've got a lot of false religions out there. Christianity, the Bible, biblical morality, that is the one true way. All other ways are false. They're false teachings, and they will lead to destruction. So what does it take to get America back on the right track? Well, it's going to take a moral people. I mean, even our founding fathers said that, look, these documents that we're writing, the Constitution, it's written for a moral and religious people. And they weren't just talking about general religion. They're talking about Christianity. Look, th- these documents are written for Christians, so if you guys stray from Christianity and you reject God, then you're not going to abide by these guiding documents. That's what our founding fathers said. And you can take this and you can apply it to any other nation in the world. When a nation turns her back, when a nation thumps her nose in the face of God Almighty, it's not going to bode well. It's not going to turn out well. So America has clearly turned, and I could talk for, I could do three shows on all the ways that America and her people have turned their back on God. And we cover half of them on the show each week. But what's it going to take to get this country back on, on, on the right track or back on track? It's going to take a moral people. And um, I've got some stories here where people who, you know, claim to want to get this country back on track are not behaving as moral people. They are not behaving as people who submit to the God of the Bible. One example here, I've got Virginia governor. Look, this governor just won a big race in the state of Virginia, Governor Glenn Youngkin. He he beat back the Democrats. He beat back the God-haters at the ballot, and he won the uh, gubernatorial race there in Virginia. So good for him. He's got a lot of good views. He, he stands on the right side of many of the issues. But I've got a story here where the governor of Virginia posted a series of Sexual Deviancy Pride Events. Here's uh, reading this Fox News story. Youngkin, a former private equity CEO who ran on a conservative platform, namely supporting parental rights for school children, hosted a private pride reception at the state capitol in Richmond. And so here we have a major governor within the Republican Party uplifting, promoting... Number one, pride, which God says is detrimental, is sinful. Pride of any kind. Number two, pride promoting sexual deviancy, that which deviates from God's plan. Any form of sexual behavior that deviates from God's prescription, from God's design, that is, by definition, sexual deviancy, And here we have the governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, promoting this. 
hosting this quote-unquote pride event at the state capitol. So to the governor of Virginia, look, you're not going to restore Virginia. You're not going to bring Virginia to a place that is righteous, that is good, that is virtuous, that is moral, if you're hosting and promoting that which is immoral. It doesn't matter about your economic policies and this and that. No, if you're uplifting sinful behavior as your position in government, that's bad, and that's not going to lead to your state flourishing morally. And so uh, that's from Virginia. Once again, we got to have moral people. Uh, you talk about... Um, got this story out of the Southern Baptist. And remember, we covered it a couple weeks ago. We had on Tom Askell with the Southern Baptist, uh, uh, who uh, addressing the Southern Baptist Convention. He's a pastor. And um, we talked about how the Southern Baptist Convention, how they hired out this uh, firm, Guidepost, to do the investigation into churches across the country and alleged uh, inappropriate, sinful behavior, illegal behavior. Uh, they did this investigation. They published this massive report about all these, uh, you know, these pastors, these associate pastors, these youth leaders that were committing many of them illegal acts, sinful acts, inappropriate acts. And so they published this report in the name of getting to the bottom of what was going on. What we find out last week on Friday that the firm, that the Southern Baptist Convention, this Christian denomination hired to do the investigation, well, now they're promoting sexual deviancy. Yes, Guidepost put out a tweet, Guidepost Solutions, saying that they're committed to strengthening diversity, equity, inclusion, and strives to be an organization where our team can bring their authentic selves to work. They go on to say that we celebrate our collective progress towards equality for all and are proud to be an ally to our LGBTQ plus community. So Guidepost Solutions is all in for sexual deviancy, but they're supposed to run the investigative report on an evangelical mainline denomination? The Christians, the church, we've hired out our biblical duties to the pagans. And where do we think this is going to end up? The pagans publishing a damaging report, a non-redemptive report on activities around the country. We better watch out who's watching our back. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. One word has proven to be debilitating in our society, the D word, discrimination. What we fail to realize is discrimination is not automatically a dirty concept. We discriminate against thieves and murderers when we send them to prison. We discriminate against sexual predators by keeping them away from children. And yes, we rightly discriminate against men when we keep them out of women's restrooms. According to Psalm 1, we have to discriminate against the counsel of the wicked in order to be blessed. Good thing God isn't debilitated by the D-word. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. If you're a millennial mom, chances are you rocked a WWJD bracelet back in your day. Youth groups popularized the phrase, what would Jesus do? Taking it from a question asked in church to conversations in school hallways across the nation. Today, there's a new evangelization effort targeting youth. He gets us. For generations, teens have felt misunderstood. Today's youth especially struggle with issues of identity, mental wellness, and friendship. To recognize Jesus as the loving God who understands all of his people, it's a powerful way to bring the gospel to all teens. This Sunday, instead of focusing on the perfect family outfits for church, talk about what you're going to lay down at the feet of Jesus. Your honest vulnerability might help her see what things she can bring to he who gets us. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills And it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. And you can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome Back to the core here on American Family Radio. Well, yes, you heard me right. You heard me right. The uh, entity that the Southern Baptist Convention hired to conduct the investigation of dozens, if not hundreds, of churches and uh, and staff members that had uh, done immoral things. Uh, they uh, they hired this uh, company called Guidepost Solutions. Well. <laughs> Oh, not 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 a, a month after the Southern Baptist Convention, in partnership with Guidepost Solutions, published this big report about all the bad things that these uh, staff members, these church uh, leaders, had done at the local level. Um, it turns out Guidepost Solutions is promoting a sexually deviant behavior. So who's gonna do the report on Guidepost Solutions? You know, why doesn't the Southern Baptist Convention and all the messengers, why don't they vote to conduct an inquiry and a report on why the convention is spending hundreds of thousands of dollars hiring a secular firm that promotes sexual deviancy? Where is that report going to be? Oh, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. That's bigoted. That's mean-spirited. That's hateful. We can't do that. Uh, But we can run a report and pay hundreds of thousands of dollars on a report that investigates church leaders at the local level all around the country, dozens if not hundreds of them? Where's the priority here? Where's the priority? So uh, that turned out 
to to break news last week. So this is this is a scandal in and of itself um, that the Southern Baptist Convention would hire a secular firm that doesn't believe in Scripture. So 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 we're gonna hire people who don't believe in the Bible to conduct an investigation that's supposed to be a biblical based investigation and, and report for, for, for what purpose? And, and like I've said before, I don't believe this was the, the aim of this was to be used for restorative and redemptive purposes. I really don't. I think this entire thing is aimed at damaging the reputation, damaging the name of the Southern Baptist Convention. And as it turns out, uh, it's doing uh, just that. Well, moving on to our next topic and our guest, we have on with us Dennis Allen. He's the CEO and author, a speaker, and we're going to talk about one of his books. But before we do that, Dennis, welcome to the core. Walker, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you on. Well, Dennis, uh, before we jump into your book and, and some of the uh, questions that I have about you know the, the topic of disciple making, tell us a little bit about yourself. Wow. Okay. Uh, how boring do you want me to get? I'll, I'll give you the 30 second highlight, right? Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a uh, father and a husband and uh, I am a bond servant of Christ. I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, have been for gosh, a long time since the early seventies, actually, when I was in high school. And um, I've been across a number of churches because we've lived in a number of places over the years and We've had uh, just the most wonderful life in Christ with plenty of challenges coming along with it, but we just rejoice uh, in the opportunity to serve him, and some of the things we're going to talk about here may be part of that story. Yeah, uh, Dennis, Disciple, uh, your, your book, The Disciple Dilemma, Rethinking and Reforming How the Church Does Discipleship, you know, this topic really can't be exhausted. It can't be talked about too much because this is— the blueprint, and that's what you talk about in your book, but disciple-making is the blueprint. You know, we want to know how to retake the culture, how to have a moral society. Well, you do that by making disciples. Uh, what did you What did you discover when you wrote this book, The Disciple Dilemma? What did you discover about discipleship in America? I mean, was there, were there some things that stood out to you about maybe things were doing wrong, things were doing right? What What stood out to you as you wrote the book? Yeah, there's some real curveballs in this conversation, but let me begin it with some of the things that you were commenting on a few moments before I joined you, which is this theme that keeps popping up in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it's the phrase, everyone did what was right in their own eyes, which is Mm. this crazy world where believers adopt the ways of the non-believers, thinking that they're doing what believers do, only to find themselves doing what the non-believers do, and finding themselves bankrupt, shipwrecked, and blown apart. We're seeing in discipleship today, in the Christian community, the fact that we've been hacked. We've taken on the virus from the world, and it's wrecking the disciples of Christ. Well, well, that's that's true, and, and, and we see, honestly, Dennis, at the—I would say— one of the greatest failures of the church in this country, and of course you can you can likely apply this to you know the church, uh, the body of Christ in other parts of the world and throughout human history. But I think one of the biggest failures overall, and I'm speaking in broad terms here, but is the failure to make disciples. Uh, because I'll be honest, I mean discipleship wasn't really 
hammered into my heart, into my mind until I was in my, in college. You know, I'd, I don't, I'm not even sure I really understood what making disciples means, you know, in my teens and in high school. It didn't get, it didn't happen until I got to college and learned about, you know, discipleship groups and replication and, and so on and so forth. What, I mean, is my assessment uh, of the church in America, is that, you think that's accurate or you think that's just, uh, you know, narrowed down to my experience? I mean, what's the, the, what's been the status of discipleship in America? Sadly, I think your story is the story of much of American modern Western Christianity, which is this. We have allowed the world's style to invade the church. Now, this isn't a brand new story. This has been going on for over 18 centuries, where we've been letting on the ways, the styles, the methods of businesses, of politics, of organizations, of societies into church operations. Now, we did it sometimes for good reasons, or at least good intentions, and we did it sometimes for very bad reasons and some very malevolent issues. But what's happened is over time, we have found ourselves marinating in traditions around us that completely deceive us. We can't even see these traditions. Mm. And, and I guess the point I would kind of tie up with, so you can ask a, and probe a little more on this, Walker, is we've failed to allow our leaders to understand what does it mean to focus on the mission of the Christian in the church and to form a culture that drives disciples, rather than membership and attendance and activities. Mm. And you call it in your book, you call it mass production. And, and as far as the, the the heavy, heavy emphasis on evangelism, on you know gathering in thousands of people into an auditorium or a stadium, and, and really replacing discipleship or disciple making with what you call the mass production approach, which you know, as we see, and and I'm sure you address this specifically within your book, but you see in Jesus's ministry, he did both, but he focused more on one-on-one small group relationships than he did speaking to the crowds. He did speak to the crowds. He spoke to the hundreds, maybe thousands at times, um, but the majority of his ministry was spent with, you know, 10, 12, 15 people. Um, and I think we can take a lesson from that. But I will say, uh, Dennis, in some people's mind, even though this is this is a misperception as well, in some people's mind, you think, well, you know, do I want to reach five people? You know, do I want to have coffee and breakfast and talk about God's Word with five people? Or do I want to do that with 5,000, you know, on Facebook Live? But, but Dennis... Here's a here's a question that we we know the answer to, but which which approach is more effective biblically? Which approach is more effective? Well, certainly the most popular one has been get a big group together. We actually used a term in the book that we stole from the pandemic. The term used to be herd immunity. In the book, we talk about herd community, and the thought is if you slosh enough people together around in a big room mm-hmm. as a gathering as a group, you'll produce disciples. Now that's false. But tongue-in-cheek, we said herd community does not produce disciples. And <laughs> we, we wanted to make this point to people because it's crucial that we realize that the church has many aspects. But until we focus on the mission of making the disciples the way Jesus told us to make disciples, that one, two, and three-on-one type of relationship that you just mentioned, until we focus on that, missions, worship, prayer, 
service, sacrifice, being bond servants, all that stuff becomes secondary and it becomes diluted and it becomes fragile and brittle. So you can mass produce a lot of fragile, brittle disciples, but we aren't <laughs> producing the followers of Christ, right? That's the issue that we're trying to deal with. You know, Dennis, this 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 is spot on this discussion and it really you know, you ask you ask yourself, and I know we all think this, and this has been a discussion for years now, but you know, how does America have all we got all these churches on every corner of the country, we've got on every street corner, we've got churches. You know, you, you can run the numbers on how many people say they go to church every week. Um, but our our culture overall is just rotten to the core, rotten to the core. And I think I think the reason is exactly what you're saying. We got a lot of people who raise their hands, say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Absolutely. But when push comes to shove, when life gets tough, um, we learn uh, how few disciples we actually have. Hey, Dennis, thanks so much for coming on. We'll continue this discussion sometime, and God bless you for your work. Blessings, Walker. Thank you. All right. There you have it. That's Dennis Allen. His book that we're talking about, or that we just finished talking about, is called The Disciple Dilemma, Rethinking and Reforming How the Church Does Discipleship. So, folks, if you're not uh, making disciples, if you're not you know, having one-on-one or small group meetings where you're challenging each other, praying for each other, and going through God's Word. I want to encourage you to do that. I know, uh, you know, I have rotating discipleship groups that I'm a, a part of. Some I lead, some I just sit in on, but it's, you know, you, you can't beat uh, the small group relationships and the benefit spiritually that comes from it. So disciple-making uh, is the way to go. It's the way to retake this culture Uh, one heart, one mind at a time. So let's continue to do that as the body of Christ. Moving into some of our other topics that I want to make sure we get to. You know, this inflation is just absolutely wrecking our economy. We had the numbers come out late last week. Uh, uh, Core uh, consumer price index, CPI, still at 8.6%, up just a little bit from last month. But, but, you know, many many of the analysts and the people who, who often get it wrong, including Janet Yellen, you know, they said, Last month, they said, well, you know, this is this is the peak, and we're about to start seeing it trend down, talking about inflation. <laughs> Boy, were they wrong. Boy, were they wrong. Now they're talking 9%. Now we're talking 9%. So, so the reality is, if you want to be honest, people, the reality is we just don't know how long inflation is going to be here. When I say inflation, I'm talking 8 to 9% inflation. We don't know how long it's going to be here. All right, so people who try to tell you, yeah, yeah, it'll be gone next month, or in three, more, three months it's going to ease off. We have no idea how long it's going to be around. Why? Because we have entered really uncharted territory. Uncharted territory. You 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 print, you know, five to seven trillion bucks in a matter of three years. Uh, we haven't done that before in our nation's history. So this is uncharted territory. And anybody who acts like they know what they're talking about or they know exactly how long inflation is going to be here, um, they're not being honest with you. Are they're just a little bit too prideful, one of the two. Uh, so who knows how long it's going to be here. But I'll tell you one thing is that our leaders aren't addressing it. Our leaders aren't addressing it. Let's listen to Tucker Carlson. He's saying in this clip, Tucker Carlson is saying, instead of having these January 6 hearings, why don't I have a hearing on inflation? Clip two. On the screen, you see eight boxes. Those are eight different TV channels taking the Nancy Pelosi feed unfiltered. Now, if at any time in your life you've ever made fun of totalitarian regimes that, you know, broadcast lies into the homes of the population that they can't turn off, take a look at that. That's happening right now. 
Meanwhile, gas is over five bucks. Inflation is higher than it's been in the lifetime of most Americans. Violent crime is making cities impossible to live in, and more than 100,000 Americans OD'd on drugs last year. Why isn't there a primetime hearing about any of that? Why isn't there a primetime hearing about any of that? Talk about drug overdoses, inflation, gas prices, border crisis. I could go on. But we've got people. I mean, this is, this is, I'm seeing this described as a controlled destruction or a controlled demolition of the American economy. I mean, if you if you elected Mickey Mouse as president, it, it wouldn't be this bad. It wouldn't be this bad. I mean, you could have, put it this way, you could have had, like, nobody as president, like, post-Trump, post-Donald J. Trump, you could have just put, like, a placeholder there, like a like a stuffed doll in the Oval Office and just told everybody, just keep doing what you're doing. Just status quo, whatever our position is now on the issues, just can t- carry on. And it wouldn't be this bad. I mean, you can only describe this as an intentional demolition of the American economy. And if you take out the American economy, you dethrone the U.S. dollar as a world's reserve currency, folks, we just become another nation in world history. And I hate to put it that blunt and that disappointing of a, of a manner, but, but that's what's happening before our very eyes. And once again, I, I'm, not, I'm not predicting ultimate doom of our country or you know, we'll never turn back from this. I, I think that, once again, we don't know. So let's stop acting like we know. But what we do know is that is that the Biden administration is doing harm to this society, to this country, to this economy, in very short order. In very short order. And so for all the people, many in this country, that thought that, you know, Biden's going to bring unity... He's going to bring healing to the country. He's going to bring leadership. Let's don't believe the lies again, please. We've been lied to. We've been duped. Our country is tanking. Let's don't believe the lies again. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items. Everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. 
Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. A Moment of Truth with Gary Bryden of the Association of Independent Methodists. Picture a boy of 14 coming down the stairs of his home, suitcase in hand. He has always wanted to go to sea, and his opportunity has come. He goes to say goodbye to his widowed mother, who has misgivings about what he is to do, and is a little fearful of her future without her son. He looks into her face and her eyes and takes his suitcase and takes it back upstairs. That boy, now a man, sits astride a horse and leads his country's army to secure its independence from Great Britain. That man becomes his country's first president under its new constitution. That boy, that man, was George Washington. The Association of Independent Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit aim2020.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Well, um, back to the topic of uh, having a moral society, having a righteous society according to God's Word. The um, Supreme Court uh, has yet to release their final verdict, their final opinion on the case out of the state of Mississippi that has the potential to overturn Roe versus Wade. Uh, that opinion is set to be released this month, at some point this month. Uh, but as a result of that leaked draft opinion back in May, we've seen violence and threats not only against the Supreme Court and the justices that preside over the Supreme Court, uh, but also against Christian pro-life pregnancy centers around this country. We've covered the stories. Uh, We had on uh, a a lady from Wisconsin who heads up uh, a a, a local family policy center or group there, and uh, her her offices were firebombed, broken into, and vandalized and and graffitied on with explicit messages uh, because directly as a result of this leaked draft opinion out of the Supreme Court, we covered last week how Uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, there was an attempted assassination attempt on his life. Um, Last week, we covered the story. We brought you the the news report on that. So some very serious violence and threats against uh, you and I and Christians in this country right now. Well, I want to play a clip before we introduce our guest, Chris Woodward. I want to play a clip 
of the pres the former president, not Donald Trump, but Barack Obama, about how this country needs to detoxify our discourse. Clip four, let's listen. We have to take steps to de detoxify our discourse, particularly the scourge of disinformation and conspiracy theories and hate uh, online that uh, has polluted our political discourse. Well, Chris, I'll tell you what. The uh, Chris Woodard, by the way, American Family News, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'll tell you what, Chris. I'll tell you what's more damaging than, quote-unquote, hate online. And by the way, since when is this country, since when have we started prioritizing online messages more than these violent acts of, uh, of, of violence and terrorism? Uh, Chris, we've got... You know, what, what, what Obama's talking about there is they're wanting to do the whole, you know, uh, truth ministry yeah. and, hey, let's block people we don't agree with on the Internet. But we've got some serious violence, Chris, going on around this country that, of course, Obama's not talking about, Biden's not talking about. What's going on with pro-life pregnancy centers around this country? Yeah, well, unfortunately, for uh, more than a month now, we've had a lot of uh, pregnancy care resource centers or pregnancy uh, clinics uh, firebombed. Uh, some of them are, um, you know, have had windows uh, broken, offices, uh, things get turned upside down, make a big mess and stuff like that. Uh, I don't have an extensive list here, but it's a list that a few members of Congress uh, included in a recent letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland. Uh, and these are in places all throughout the country. We've got um, an incident on June 6th at a place in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, we've got uh, four churches vandalized in Olympia, Washington. Uh, we have a uh, concerned women for America's office damaged uh, in mm. Alexandria. Um, there's one that's been in the news a lot. Oregon right to life office set on fire in Kaiser, Oregon, if I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. That one's actually being investigated by the feds. Wow. Uh, and the one that got a lot of news attention uh, and really kind of got the most attention for a long time here was the Wisconsin Family Action Office that was set on fire in Madison, Wisconsin on May 8th. You know, Chris, um, instead of focusing on this and how the rhetoric of the Democrats has contributed to a culture of violence against those they disagree with, I mean, we can go back to the Maxine Waters clip under the Trump administration, you know, get in their face, she said, as uh, talking about Trump officials. And um, every time we turn the corner, Chris, we're getting hateful rhetoric lodged at us. We're called white supremacists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It doesn't matter what the issue is. I can be, we can be talking about, I don't know, like the energy crisis, and then they call us white supremacists. So yeah. they, they lodge these loaded terms that do have historical meaning in this country. They lodge them uh, without context. But Congress has spent, I read the numbers the other day, Chris, they're going to have spent to date about $8 bucks on this January 6th hoax. Where is Congress investigating the hate crimes against Christian pregnancy centers? They're not. That's that. That's the unfortunate thing. And by the way, that money that they're spending is our tax dollars. Yes. Uh, oftentimes, the news reports on this, if they even include the price tag, they just refer to it as funding or federal funding and stuff yeah. like that. Congress's we, money, right? Yes. <laughs> we the people are spending that, and it's you know that's eight. That's that's federal money that could have been spent toward education to actually teach kids what white supremacy is. Um, and one of the things, too, that stands out to me is they ignore a lot of this stuff, these these attacks, um, but they'll promote all sorts of other things that are part of their agenda. Mm -hmm. And Barack Obama makes those insane comments saying we have to detoxify society. 
that same guy a few years ago talked about how we were all bitter clingers. Yes, but nobody our guns and our Bibles. Yes, and by the way, I, I wear that badge proudly. But and Schumer and Schumer goes on the Supreme Court steps just uh, I don't know a year or two ago. Yes. Uh, and said, "Oh, actually, the, like We're a coming month after you, Brett yeah, Kavanaugh. a month after Biden sworn in, Schumer goes on the steps of the Supreme Court and says, you know, you're going to reap the whirlwind. Yeah, and you know, no pushback whatsoever. It might have gotten attention on a left wing news outlet for half a day. Yeah, but no, then they move on. No investigations, no uh, resolutions denouncing it. Same thing with Maxine Waters. Uh, I want you to know, get in their faces if you see them at the gas station. Get in their face yeah. in the restaurants and stuff like that. So I just have to submit. This is master projection. Master projection. They're very good at it. The left is. They're very good at it. They're the violent folks. They're the violent crowd. They're all about political violence. Remember the summer of rage, mm -hmm. summer of violence in the name of, quote-unquote, racial justice, even though they can't describe what that is uh, because you can identify as whatever you want to identify as. <laughs> but uh, th th this is the party of violence. I mean, they're all about the violence as long as it, it, is, it is in what they view as a righteous uh, cause. And meanwhile, here we are. We're the Christians. We follow the rules. We go the speed limit, and we're investigated, and we're hated against and uh, these pregnancy centers are firebombed and vandalized. Yes. And uh, where's uh, FBI is nowhere to be found. They are investigating some of them. Well, they're also, you know, under Merrick Garland's direction, they're they're busy investigating parents who were going to school board meetings. Valid. So Valid. maybe they're a little busy. Yeah, calling calling them domestic terrorists. Well, Chris, thanks for bringing this in. Thank and you. And for American Family News following this story and reporting the truth. Appreciate your work there. Yes. If I may, go to AFN.net. You can find these uh, our articles on this. If you don't see them on the homepage, go to the Pro-Life section on the Categories button on the AFN.net. Excellent. All right, Chris. Chris Woodward, a reporter with American Family News. And, folks, if you get frustrated about the news of the day, the fake news, the propaganda, the slant, uh, we've got our own news team, American Family News, AFN.net. We've got our own news team. We're posting links to this story on our podcast page at AFR.net. If you go to AFR.net, click on AFA at the core podcast page. Go to today's show and uh, today's show, June 13th, and you can uh, click on the AFN story about these pregnancy centers. And uh, we have at least a 31, 31 acts of violence, 31 acts of vandalism, against a Christian organization since this leak, since this opinion was leaked. 31, at least 31 recorded, documented cases of vandalism against Christian ministries, Christian pregnancy ministries, um, as a result of that leak. And, and that's what, you know, that's what this is about. This is anti-Christian hate. And yeah, the, these, these pregnancy centers, the vast majority of them, you know, they don't have Christian in the name of their entity. That men them are called, you know, whatever city it's in, Pregnancy Resource Center or uh, Pregnancy Crisis Pregnancy Center. They got all kind of ways to name these organizations. But let me just tell you from experience, the vast, vast majority, if not all, of these Pregnancy Resource Centers, they are Christian ministries. They're 501c3s, they're nonprofits, they're tax-exempt, and they're run by Christians, and local churches fund their work. All right, so let's not let's not mix this up. This is anti-Christian bigotry. This is an assault on Christians, both physical and rhetorically, and it should be denounced by everyone in our society. It should be denounced by everyone in our society, starting with the administration, starting with the DOJ, 
The FBI should be involved. The the uh, terrorism joint terrorism task force should be involved, and uh, it should be called out because if this was taking place against any other group, if this was taking place against, um, if this was taking place against Democratic, you know, field offices, if this was taking place place uh, against Muslims and their their uh, their uh, buildings, then then this would be a huge story. FBI would be involved, press briefings. We're going to crack down on this. You know, big, bigotry and hatred is unacceptable. But since it's against the Christians, uh, not much interest on behalf of the feds. Well, moving into a couple of the things, um, the Congress, Congress is uh, debating the gun control legislation who knows what's going to come out of this there was a report this weekend that they've got some kind of deal you know what does that mean i don't know but i can tell you one thing and i've said it before and i'll keep saying it more laws is not going to fix this country more laws more regulations when we have a government a justice department that they don't enforce the current laws that we have more laws on the books is not going to fix it and that was my position even under the trump administration you know, I said multiple times under the Trump administration, look, we don't need Congress to do more laws. We need the Justice Department and the judicial system to enforce our existing laws. And I was talking about immigration, but that can be applied to other issues as well. Um, let's listen to, this was a testimony. This is fascinating. This was a testimony before Congress. They were debating, you know, what do we do about guns? What do we do about mass shootings? And this was a, a, a lady named Lucretia Hughes, she is testifying before Congress. She's just a private citizen testifying before Congress about her position on firearms and how to keep Americans safe. Clip one. Let's listen. Something has to change. Thoughts and prayers and calls for more gun control isn't enough. How about letting me defend myself from evil? You don't think that I'm capable and trustworthy to handle a firearm? You don't think that the Second Amendment doesn't apply to people that look like me? Hmm. Who and you who would call for more gun controls are the same ones that are calling to defund the police. Who is supposed to protect us? We must prepare to be our own first responders to protect ourselves and our loved ones. I am a legal Law Biden citizen, and I don't need the government to save me. I teach people how to use a firearm. I empower others to look at me to understand the Second Amendment is their right. Mm. I am a proud member of the DC Project, Women for Gun Rights. We believe that education is the key to safety, not ineffective legislation. That's right. Exactly. She doesn't. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. She said, I don't need the government to save me. I want to be my first, my own first responder. And, you know, you look at the response time to these shootings and it's not good for the victims. It's not good for the people who are in the crosshairs. And I'll tell you this, just from a practical standpoint, you know, you, you, you start making it to where, you know, people try to say, and these are folks who don't have no, no basic understanding about firearms and the purposes of firearms, but you know the, the the trollers on Twitter and elsewhere, you know, they say, well, you know, who who needs an AR-15? You know, and then Biden goes out and says, you know, 
deer aren't running around with Kevlar, and they, they say all these, these talking points. But there, there is a serious need for semi-automatic rifles with high-capacity magazines to be used for self-defense. Because the, these shooters, you, you study up on these shooters, these mass shooters that are going into theaters, they're going into churches, they're going into schools. These guys are coming armed like they're going to war. You've got these shooters coming in. Uh, th- these are the murderers. They're coming in with, you know, 100 rounds with multiple magazines. They're coming in with ballistic vest on. They've got their semi-automatic rifle. And so, so you start outlawing and banning and limiting the ownership of semi-automatic rifles. The bad guys, they're going to get the guns, folks. The, the statistics show the bad guys, they're going to get the guns. Department of Justice, their own statistics show that 90% of crimes that are committed with a firearm are committed with a firearm that is illegally possessed. It's illegally possessed, meaning that it's not a legal gun. So once again, more laws, more laws, more laws isn't going to do a thing. But you're about to put private citizens, you're going to take the the semi-automatic rifle that can be used for self-defense purposes against them. So, so, So from a basic layman standpoint, you're going to have a bunch of private citizens with their pistols going up against the bad guys with the AR-15s and the 30-round mags. How smart is that? We don't need less guns. We don't need less ammo. We need more responsible gun ownership. And we need families. We need moms and dads. We need families teaching their children how to be good people, how to be moral people, and how to take care of their neighbor and love their neighbor. And let's stop raising a generation bent on vileness, hatred, and evil. AFA at the core. We'll be back next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.